Welcome to the Gateway Baptist Church podcast. We're crying out the prayer that the church has prayed for centuries. Come, Holy Spirit. Subscribe for new messages each week and visit gatewaybaptist.com.au to join us as we seek to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. It's exciting, isn't it? You turn up here on Sunday, you just don't know what God is going to do. Uh, we uh, hadn't planned to have baptisms today, but Mark just came at about quarter to ten and said, uh, hey, I want to get baptized today. And I'm like, great. I haven't brought any change of clothes, but uh, luckily we've got an op shop on site. So there's nothing stopping anybody from, uh, from getting baptized. But uh, hey, why don't we give Mark just another round of applause, hey? That's awesome, man. So good. And there's much joy and excitement uh, last Sunday as we celebrated across all three of our services, 23 people getting baptized. That's just awesome. And uh, Roseanne's one of them. She's got her I Have Decided shirt on. There we go. Excellent, Roseanne. It's exciting. I reckon God is doing something amongst us as we pray this prayer, come Holy Spirit. This ancient prayer that has been prayed in, uh, in, in churches, in homes for almost 2,000 years. You know, the, 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 the disciples prayed a version of that prayer, and in about uh, the third century, in the 200s AD, there was a, a theologian named Hippolytus, not Hippopotamus, Hippolytus was his name, and he was credited with penning a prayer that invited the Spirit to move. His prayer said, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit, O God. And then in the ninth century, uh, a Frankish monk by the name of Rabinus wrote a song called, Come, Create a Spirit. His prayer in that song begins, come, Holy Spirit creator, come. And then later in the 13th century, uh, the prayer, come, Holy Spirit, became a common prayer in the Western church. And that same prayer is prayed in many churches today. And so this month, this series, we are joining in with that prayer together. We are praying, come, Holy Spirit. Would you join with me as we pray this morning? Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and move in our lives and make us more like Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and move in our church. Fill our hearts with astonishing faith for the miraculous and with extravagant love for every person who joins us. Holy Spirit, come. Come and move in our lives, in your church across our city and around our nation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we're about to see, the Holy Spirit is not some um, mystic phenomenon. It's not some new phenomenon. And it's not an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. One of the great mysteries of our faith is that God is three persons in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And today we're going to do a journey through Scripture to discover more about who the Holy Spirit is. You ready to come on that journey with me? Well, in the first verses of the Bible, very first chapter, we see the Holy Spirit present in creation. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over 
the waters. In the original Hebrew text, this word that we have in English, spirit, is ruach, the Hebrew word ruach. Can you say that with me? Ruach. You've really got a ch at the back, kind of bring that phlegm out of the back of your throat. Ruach. But that word ruach, it's the same word that's translated into breath or wind. It's like the the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. That's the the picture that the, uh, the writer of this account of creation wants us to picture. And the gospel writer John tells us later that Jesus was the word. That in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And that through the word, all things were made. That's how John starts his gospel. So at creation, there's there's God the Father, God the Son, the Word, and God the Spirit, the breath. And all of these elements are vital to bring forth speech into the world. Think about it for a moment, how you might try and speak without using your breath. It doesn't work all that well. You can try it a little bit later. I'm going to embarrass you and and embarrass myself, sorry, and show you how you try to speak without using your breath. I'm I'm going to hold my lungs, take a breath in, hold my breath, and then try and speak without breathing out. It's really tricky. Okay, ready? I'm going to breathe in. Hello, my name's Tim Lucas. I'm the Gateway McKenzie Campus Pastor. There's not really any power in that. I'm not going to be able to speak for too much longer with no breath in me. But as soon as I allow that breath to be used, there's amazing power that comes out of one's mouth. I can project my voice with power. Children, stop hitting each other. Go to your room. I've never had to say that in my life. (laughs) That's not true. Our children are beautiful, but they're not exactly angels. But as you can see, when I talk like that, when I use that breath, you can project power. There's intent. There's speech. And it's the same at creation. As God spoke the earth into existence, let there be light. God the Father, God the Son with the words, and God the Holy Spirit, the breath, were working together to bring new life to reality. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit breathes new life. Like that song that we sang before, the Holy Spirit is like a a fresh wind that breathes new life into our lives. And the Holy Spirit played a critical role in creation. And then we see the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament as well. There's many, many examples. But before the time of Christ, the power of the Spirit was only in particular people at particular times for particular tasks. But whenever that happened, God was doing something new. There's a few examples I'm going to share. I'm not going to share them all today, but just a few real quickly. After they fled Egypt, the Israelites, God's people, were given instructions on how to build a tent of meeting, a tabernacle where they could come and make sacrifices to God, where they could bring their requests before God. And in the book of Exodus, we read about the Holy Spirit filling a man named Bezalel to help with this task. God says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. Bezalel was given a new set of skills by the Holy Spirit for a particular task and at a particular time. 
A little later in Israel's history, we read about the anointing of David. Samuel, uh, the prophet, kind of found uh, David was directed to David and began to anoint him as the future king. And God guided Samuel to do that. And and as the Spirit, as Samuel anointed David, the Spirit came upon him. This is what it says in 1 Samuel. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. David was given a new power through the Holy Spirit as he stepped out into this new direction that God was leading him. Furthermore, God's spirit moved amongst his prophets as they brought new words and a challenge to a stubborn people. The prophet Isaiah declared, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, the Holy Spirit gave Isaiah a new word for his people. Throughout the Old Testament, time and time again, we we see the power of the Holy Spirit in particular people for particular times and for particular tasks. Just in those examples that we saw, we, we saw the Holy Spirit bring new power, new skills, and new insight. Yet God's people continued a cycle of rebellion and then repentance. They would rebel against the laws that God had written down on the stone tablets that he gave Moses. They would neglect these laws. They would forget these laws. And they would rebel. So God would rise people up. He'd rise up leaders and prophets to to kind of call the people back to the heart of God, call them to repentance. And throughout the history of God's people, this cycle kind of continued, following the laws and then rebelling but then repenting. And the reason is they constantly broke God's laws because they didn't have the power within them to live according to God's law. They didn't have it in their own strength. So God sent prophets to tell the people of a day when God would no longer, just the God's words would no longer just remain written as words on a tablet, but that God's laws would be written in the hearts of the people. God promised today when the Holy Spirit would bring new life to all God's people. The prophet Ezekiel declared, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. See, the people looked forward to a time when God's words were not just written on word on tablets of stone, but instead God's words would be alive within them. A time when the Holy Spirit would live within them, showing them how to live for God and giving the power to do it. A new way of living that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, the power of the Holy Spirit was only on particular people at particular times for particular tasks. But God was about to do something new. He promised a time when all people would know the power of the Holy Spirit within them for all of the time. The prophet Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, says the Lord, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In those days. Those days when the spirit would be poured out on all God's people. Everyone looked forward to those days. Those days would be good days. Those days there would be new life for God's people. There would be new power for all those who trusted in him. And the people eagerly waited for those days. But for a few hundred years, it seemed that there weren't any stories of God moving amongst his people. Until a carpenter from Nazareth by the name of Jesus came along. The Holy Spirit was at work in Jesus' birth and and then also in his baptism. The gospel writer Luke, who wrote a, a historical account of Jesus' life, records at that time. He says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. As he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Just like at creation, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were in the same scene together. And again, the Holy Spirit was doing something new. Luke tells us later that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread across the whole countryside. One Sabbath, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and and he stood to read the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. It would have been the scripture of the day. And it was that same scripture that had been prophesied many, many years earlier. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Jesus declared that he was the fulfillment of that prophecy. And he declared the promise of the Holy Spirit given to all people would also be fulfilled shortly. Jesus said to his followers, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. These days that the prophet Joel was speaking about were coming. The ancient prophecy was about to be fulfilled. The Spirit was about to be poured out on all God's people, on young and old, on men and women. And the Spirit would actually live within Jesus' followers. But it was only a short time later that the religious leaders of the day felt threatened by Jesus and planned to have him executed on a cross. After a close friend's betrayal, a false trial, a brutal flogging, and a humiliating walk to the hill at Golgotha, Jesus was hung on the cross and let to die. The religious leaders thought that they were ridding themselves of a pest. But as he hung on the cross, Jesus took on the sins of all humankind. He took the punishment for your mistakes, for my mistakes, and he paid the penalty for them, for those sins, so that we did not have to. And that afternoon at three o'clock, the whole, whole part of that neck of the woods became dark. 
Earthquakes shattered rocks in the region. And the curtains separating the Holy of Holies and the Jewish temple was torn from top to bottom. And Jesus breathed his last. They took down his body and placed him in a tomb. It seemed that Jesus was dead and buried. But on the third day, the Holy Spirit breathed life into Jesus' body. And he was raised from the dead. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit brings new life to what was dead and buried. What was dead, what was once dead, was alive again. And then Jesus appeared in front of many of his followers. And before he ascended to heaven, he told them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Within the next couple of weeks, Jesus' followers were huddled together in the upper room. They were uncertain. They were fearful. Now, they might have even been questioning Jesus' words. But then suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. They began to testify about Jesus. They were filled with the Spirit and boldly proclaimed the gospel. The Holy Spirit breathed new hope, new life, and new power into the disciples. One of them, Peter, he stood up and started speaking to this crowd who was wondering what on earth was going on. He told them that this Jesus you crucified was not just another prophet. He was the Son of God, and you killed him. But he has risen from the dead, and he is seated on the throne, and he has all power and all authority in heaven. It's been given to him. And today, he's just poured out his Holy Spirit on all people as God promised he would do so long ago. And the people who were listening and seeing the move of the Spirit in the followers of Jesus were standing there and responded, well, what shall we do? What do we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, for your children, and all who are far off, for all whom our Lord God will call. You will receive the gift of the Spirit. That means you. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for all those who follow Jesus. If you've responded to God's call, if, if you've repented and put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. Those days that the, the prophet Joel prophesied about 2,500 years ago, those days are these days. No longer is the Spirit given just to particular people at particular times for particular purposes. These are the days when the Holy Spirit is given to all believers all of the time. If you're a Christian here today or joining us online, the Spirit lives within you and works amongst us to accomplish the will of God in this world. The Bible tells us so many things about the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit dwells in us, helping you, counseling you, reminding you 
of Jesus' teaching. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and guides you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the source of wisdom, of power, of revelation. And the Holy Spirit fills you, giving you boldness and growing good fruit within you. The Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf and the Holy Spirit changes you from within. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring new life to what was dead and buried within you. The Apostle Paul, who had a life-altering experience when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, wrote this. He says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power lives in you. The Holy Spirit brings your relationship with God to life. The Holy Spirit brings new life to that which was dead and buried. I really believe today and throughout this series, the Holy Spirit wants to bring new life into that which may have been dead or buried within you. In my office here at church, just out those walls, I've, uh, some, someone gave me once a gift of an indoor plant. I don't know what they were doing because they know I'm not good with plants. But now it just sits on the top of my bookshelf. And I'm not that good in the garden. I used to think I was a bit of a gardener, but those skills are long gone. You know, when we were first married, we had a, a veggie patch that I took care of and tended. But over the years, that veggie patch turned from producing beautiful vegetables to disgusting weeds. It's become a weed patch. Uh, when, uh, when we relayed the turf in our, uh, our backyard, I took great care of it. I mowed it. I watered it. I fertilized it. But with young kids, I didn't have the time for that. And it became a place where we kicked the footy and played cricket. And then the grass lost its lushness and it became a, a, a patch where the, the, foot, the footy would be kicked over the fence or the tennis ball would be whacked on the roof. I'm just not much of a gardener anymore. And so this poor indoor plant in my office, I don't even know what name, I don't even know what type of plant it is for all you gardening people out there, but it's just become a part of the furniture in my office. I forget that it's there. I don't give it any love and I, I just don't even notice it until someone comes into my office and says, Tim, your plant's dead. You've killed it. And that's when I turn around and I have a look and I see that all the leaves have fallen over. They've all wilted. They're all turning brown and it's all become dry. The plant looks dead. It's gone. But even when it looks dead and buried, that plant has a kernel of hope. All it needs is some fresh water. All that plant needs is to be filled once again with the life-giving substance of H2O. And once I do that, once I pour a whole lot of water into it, really, within a few short hours, maybe a day or two, it's got new life once more. The leaves miraculously stand up again. New growth begins, and the plant becomes, becomes vibrant and fresh, full of new life. I need to keep tending that plant because I forget it. It's like a, a cat with nine lives. It's died and then been brought back to life many, many times. But I believe this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do within you. He wants to take, wants to take what is, seems dead and buried within you. 
It wants to take, the Holy Spirit wants to take what might be dry and dormant within you and bring new life. The same Spirit that breathed life into creation lives in you. The same Spirit that once only moved in particular people at particular times for particular tasks lives in you. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you today. And this morning, I want for us to pray that the Holy Spirit would breathe new life into us. Shortly, I'm going to invite us all to have and take an opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit. Just to say, I'm open, Holy Spirit. Would you move in my life? Would you stir amongst me? I'm going to have a moment to do that in a minute. But oh, I have this prayer in my heart, the sense in my spirit that God is wanting to stir up a new thing within us. I believe that through the power of the Spirit, God is wanting to begin a new thing within you and a new thing within our church. There's some here today in this room, some joining online. You've got faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but your relationship with God has become dry and dreary. Like my little indoor plant, it's been flagging for a little while. There's no life or vitality in your walk with God. It's become mundane. You've allowed busyness and the pressure of life just to suck out all of the joy. Your faith used to be vibrant and exciting, but now it's just become dull and dormant. Some of you feel like that, and your prayer is that the Holy Spirit would breathe his life into the dryness of your walk. For others here today, you know the power of the Holy Spirit is buried deep within you, and you want to learn to walk in his power. You want a new revelation of the Holy Spirit's power to overcome the power of temptation in your life. You want to see the gifts of the Spirit that are buried within you become fruitful again to see Jesus' mission fulfilled. You've been sitting on the sidelines for too long and God is calling you back into the action. Or perhaps today your prayer is simply that the Holy Spirit would do something new within you. Perhaps you desire a new insight, a new direction, maybe a new boldness to share the gospel or giving you a new capacity to take something on. You resonate with the words of uh, of Isaiah, the words that God gave Isaiah the prophet when he said, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Maybe you're in that wilderness or you're in that wasteland and your prayer is simply, Holy Spirit, would you do something new within me? In a moment, we're going to take some time just to simply listen to the Holy Spirit, to just have an openness and an invitation for the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us this morning. But just before we do that, I want to invite Jerrica up on stage uh, to come and share. Jerrica is, uh, is part of our community that gathers here on a Tuesday night to pray. And if you want to see the Holy Spirit move in power, I want to encourage you to come and join us. Tuesday night, 6 p.m., right here in the auditorium. But last Tuesday, uh, Jerrica shared a picture with us from God that she, is belie- she believes is for our church. And as she shared it on Tuesday night, Jerrica, as you share it, I just could feel my heart resonating with this particular 
particular picture. It resonated really strong with me. And, uh, and I just asked Jerrica to share that picture for us. I believe it's for some of us here today. Thanks, Jerrica. Yeah, um, it was just a vision I had a few weeks ago and um, just felt like God wanted to encourage us. And um, just, you know, for those who feel broken, um, it could be a situation or just things that are happening and you just feel broken um, before God. And what I saw was, um, it was just a real encouragement and a beautiful picture. So I saw a clay jar and it was just a small one, but it was broken in pieces. And I just felt like God was saying, you know, that's like it's a representation of just things that are going on that you might not, um, things might not have turned out the way you thought or something's going on that's really broken your heart or you're just broken before God and it's just that place of surrender. Um, And I just felt God remind me that He is the one, Jesus is the one who is acquainted with our deepest grief and our sorrow and He understands that and you can trust Him in your brokenness and in those broken places. And um, what I saw him do was pick up those broken broken pieces, um, which could represent grief or a broken heart. And he picked them up and he replaced them with um, new pieces. And it wasn't a clay jar that he was building now. It was like a mosaic vase and it was bigger. And um, as he was picking up the broken pieces, they were colorful and bright and they all just went in the perfect place that he had put them. And he was making something more beautiful. It's just like the verse um, that he makes beauty from ashes. He picks up what is broken and he makes something new. And um, as he was picking up those pieces, um, grief, he was just comforting. And with doubt, he was just bringing new faith and um, his enduring love and a, a more steadfastness in this new picture. And he built this beautiful mosaic vase and what held it together was his fire, his burning fire of refining love that just really cemented it together so it could hold. And it was just a picture of strengthening, him strengthening what was once broken. He's turning it into something stronger. And just felt him and saw him just pouring it, um, pouring his living waters into this new jug, into this new vase. And I just felt like um, he was just encouraging you that um, he's building a bigger picture and you can trust him in in that, in that picture. And everything that he's pouring out is from him, his living waters and his comfort, his encouragement. And um, even though you can't see it, he is doing beautiful things. So, yeah. That's awesome, Jerrica. Hey, would we thank Jerrica? Thank you so much for sharing that. Is that resonated with you, if there's something in your life that just you just thought, that's me. I'm sure Jerrica would love to pray with you in a moment. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to move amongst us this morning. If you're able, would uh, you stand with me? I invite you just to stand to your feet. If you're watching online, I encourage you to, to be part of this as well. Why don't you jump to your feet as well, whether it's in the lounge room or your bedroom, wherever you're joining us, jump to your feet. Just join in. You're part of this as well. If you're in the prayer team here this morning, why don't you just come forward, ready to, uh, to pray with people. We're just going to spend a moment inviting the Holy Spirit to come and have His way within us, to have a posture of openness to the Holy Spirit. The worship team are going to play a song of reflection for us. It's, we're not going to sing that song. It's almost like a prayer uh, over us. And as they play this song, we're just going to spend a moment listening to the whisper of the Spirit. Uh, That Spirit that lives within us and moves amongst us. 
the spirit that wants to breathe new life into us. As you simply pray, come Holy Spirit. You might find a, a verse or a scripture comes to mind. I just want to encourage you to sit with that, reflect on that for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you through the truth of God's Word. Or maybe as you pray that prayer and just wait on Him, you might have a word or a phrase or even a picture that just keeps rolling around in your mind. It might be something really simple, but allow the Spirit to minister to you through that word or that picture. Minister to you through the love of God. Or maybe as you pray today, you pray that prayer, come Holy Spirit. You just need to invite Him to bring life to what was once dead and buried. To breathe new life on what's dry and dreary. To give your life focus, boldness, something new from the Spirit. Allow the Spirit just to gently encourage you and do something new within you. If you don't feel that you've got the words to pray or you'd like someone else to pray with you and minister to you, I want to invite you to come down the front. One of our prayer team would love to pray with you. If you're online, just click the live prayer button. One of our team would love to pray with you as well. So come on across this room, Gateway Online as well. Why don't we just stand together and hold out our hands just in a posture of openness. Just listen to the Spirit, that Spirit that lives within you, that Spirit, that same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. Just pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. this morning we pray. 
just as I've been praying and preparing for this week, just sense that there's a few people particularly that the Holy Spirit wants to move, wants to do something fresh, something new in today. I want to invite you, if this is you, just to come down the front. Some of our prayer team are going to pray for you in this. And there's people here who uh, have just been on the sidelines. You feel like you've been on the sidelines of faith for a while. You know, you're seeing God moving. You're, you're watching God do amazing things, but you're, you're kind of hanging back. Maybe it's been a time of, of healing, a time of restoration, but God is calling you back into the action. He's inviting you to step back into ministry. To, to step out of the grandstands and onto the field once again, to get amongst the action, to step back into ministry. If that's you, if, if you feel God kind of uh, breathing that fresh life for ministry, I want to invite you to come down and receive some prayer. Or perhaps you're, uh, you're carrying some wounds and some scars. Maybe that's from uh, previous church experiences. Maybe that's even been as, uh, as you've been uh, hearing and as, as, as you've been part of faith communities talking about the Holy Spirit. That you've come out of that wounded. That there's some scars. God wants to bring freedom in your life. God wants to bring healing. God wants to encourage you to be persistent in your prayer. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to come down as well and just receive prayer, receive that freedom, that new breath of God today. Or maybe you're here today and you've, you've had a dream, a dream that once burned brightly in your heart. But over the last few years, maybe even decades, that dream has lied dormant. And that dream has almost withered and died. Holy Spirit saying today, He wants to breathe fresh life on that dream, on that vision. He wants to revive that, that picture that you've got in your heart. He wants to bring fresh life to that which is dead and buried. If that's you, I want to invite you as we sing this next song to come down and receive prayer from the team. Just allow the Holy Spirit to move amongst you today. We're going to continue to sing and inviting, acknowledging the Holy Spirit's presence here. But if you need prayer on any of those things, I want to invite you to come down the front. Hit that live prayer button and be prayed for today.
this morning. May God bless you as you head out into this world. May you know the presence of His Spirit. May He use you to change your world. And don't be afraid to hang around, grab some food at Flavors of Beyond. Hear from Janine in the function room at midday, just around the corner. But God bless you. Have a good one. We'll see you next Sunday. We'd love to know what God has been saying to you as you've prayed, come Holy Spirit. You can connect with us at gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know how Jesus is changing your life.